0: I think that that's a really powerful thing to say, especially in a, in a culture where <laughs> God uh, is, is pretty much non existent. Um, I also asked you the question how long have you been, I guess, more conservative, or did you lean conservative all the time, or is this a new thing? What happened with that? That's a good
1: question. Um, oh, God, that's a whole other journey, too. So, I my parents were both um, Democrat, because most, you know, a, a lot of people from other countries, I'm mean, Latinos are notorious for being Democrat, even though now that's a different definition.
2: Why, why do you think that is? I, I, I don't want to derail Jordan's question, but it does seem to be that way initially for a lot of Im- immigrants. Is it I just really the Democrat Party does a better job marketing to them? or
1: Maybe. I'm, I'm not the best person to ask that. I really don't know because I've been asking that question myself. Mm-hmm. Only because my, my mother is Peruvian and she lives in Broward County in Florida where it's obviously heavily um, Latino or Hispanic, and it's Venezuelans, it's Colombians, and then further south, of course, is Cubans and Dominicans. And then, I mean, Venezuelans really are, in, they're all over in that area that she's in. And and knowing the state of Venezuela and, and Cuba, people from Cubans, you would think, you know, that you would never want that to happen in our country, what's going on in their countries. But... I mean, she has friends that are from all different countries and, and a lot of them are Democrat and mm. they just don't see, they don't see it. And I really, I don't understand it myself and I don't know why, but that's why I'm fighting so hard for more diverse candidates um, and to make conservative, you know, a cool thing because it is, it is. And we have so much in common. Black people, Asians, Indians, Latinos, white people. We have, we have common values, the conservative values. We love God. Okay, and we are more conservative when it comes to, to d- d- different cultural topics. So if we have that in common, then why aren't we propping more people from, from those backgrounds up? I know they're there where they're just, we're just so quiet. Where are they?
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's just like that. I think it's just like that you're too scared where you're like, can I actually like run <laughs> like can I actually run for office like could I actually do this like because when you look at how like vicious like the left the conservatives have their vicious moments I because I, we're all human right but the left though they're vicious on like a whole new level at this point where I just don't think I was prepared to be called all these names and now the names don't bother me as much anymore because I'm like oh, okay I know the game now I, I know what's going on Um, but they're so vicious where you're like, can I actually go up against these people? And then you look at the Republican party and you're kind of like, some of them kind of squish out, you know, some of them are good. Um, Some of the Republicans, not Mm. so good. Um, And so (laughs) you're kind of like on shaky ground with the the support that you're going to get from that party.
1: But that's why you have to lean on God. If you're going to run, look at Myra Flores in Texas. She's make a make America godly again I think is the first time I saw that slogan was by her Mm, that's good and she flipped a a district that was democrat for for decades and decades and she ran on god faith family freedom which is what how I say it but Mm. she ran on god family and country and that's what I feel like our slogan should be for 2020 is make America godly again to your point with god being removed um, and so she doesn't depend on, she. I mean, the comments are not going to bother her. And, and the attacks she's already experienced don't bother her. Because you can see she leans back to God every single day. She goes back to God. She goes back to the world, word. And if you have your complete trust in God and you have a very close relationship with him, Isaiah, Isaiah 41.10 is my new favorite Uh, my new favorite verse and, and anyone, anytime someone asks for a prayer for anxiety, I tell them Isaiah 41 10 now, and that comes from the David and Goliath story that we're learning in Bible study, but it's my new favorite verse. And it's, if you trust God completely and you know, he's going to help you, he says it in that verse, he promises you that, um, and anxiety really is just the, the definition of anxiety is just not having trust in God. Mm -hmm. That's, that's all it is. It's, it's not even real. It's just in our head. Um, it's very real in everyday life for people. And that's why I talk about it is because it's literally everyone I know has anxiety, but it's just the lack of trust in God. He's got you. He's got you. And, and Myra, she, she's a perfect example of that. She constantly is talking about God on her social media. And that's how you take the power back from social media and from the nasty comments is putting God in front of it. Cause he is your shield. He is your armor. And if you start your day with him and the word, that's your armor to go into the day. No matter what attacks come at you, it doesn't matter because the only thing that matters is what God thinks about you. That's it. And if you've already made that decision, then nothing will ever bother you, especially if they don't know you. If they don't know you personally, it literally doesn't matter what they say. They can call me whatever they want. Um, luckily, I haven't really experienced many, <laughs> maybe as nasty <laughs> comments as you have, um, but I'm pretty outspoken too. Yeah, so I like can, I, could can you're,
0: I, I can tell you, I, I tell you're <laughs> outspoken, and I, I, love it. Typically, you know, we're we talk, 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 and kind of behind the scenes, like it'd just be nice not to talk a little bit. <laughs> I like not talking <laughs> okay, okay, every okay, once good. in a while, so we, we like to hear. D- do you have a question? Because I had a random question. No, keep going. Okay, question. All right, tell me what you think. Politics and the church, they
1: mix, they don't, they mix a little. What are your thoughts? Okay, so a separation of church and state. Um, that's really interesting because that actually was never really originated in our Constitution. It was some some line that James Madison wrote in some letter to the church. So, mm-hmm. I, And Prager University does a great job with keeping us educated on true factual history. Um, so, and that was not intended to separate church and, and law and, and, our government. It was intended just to keep government out of church. That, mm-hmm. that was the, the intent of it was, Hey, you can't, you're not going to be able to determine what we worship and when we worship and put rules around it. That was the intent of it. That's it. Um, but of course they're manipulating that and saying, no, it should be separate. No, I, I it's not, it's not that it, we shouldn't have government in and and talk not be able to talk about it in church actually there's a church I go that I I used to go to in Florida that that does bring it up a lot and pastors should bring it up a lot because it's in our daily lives it impacts politics impacts our daily lives so I don't Mm -hmm. understand when people say they don't they're not political impact people (laughs) I'm like it literally like can you not see that it's impacting our daily lives right now and the way you vote has consequences um so I think it. I I personally think it does tie together. I know some people say take religion out of it, um, but that's literally the foundation of our country. When it was being built, our founders had God in mind when they were building every infrastructure of our com- or of our country. So because God is the ultimate example of what is good and what is moral. I mean, there is no better example, and they knew that. Um, but you know what, if you want to, if you have questions of how did this happen, how did we, how did God get so removed out of our country? Always look back to to the origin of things. Um, Because you will learn a lot with the, when you start to research the origin of things, then you'll better understand how it began and how it got to where it got to. Mm -hmm. Same thing with trans, you know, transgender culture. Same thing with how did God get removed? I think it was, um, gosh, what's his name? It started, because I asked the same question. I'm like, I, I grew up in an era where I pledged, I did the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, you know, uh, to the United that's States same. of America. And, and that created something in me growing up that I'm, you know, I'm very clearly very pro-American. I'm very proud to be an American. Um, but that's a good thing. You want that um so but there was a a, basically an atheist that that sued the district of the school district of where his daughter was going to because he didn't want his daughter having to do the pledge of allegiance or even hear any other student say it in front of her because it had under god in it and he was an atheist um so it started with him with the whole pledge of allegiance being removed I mean I think it I think it's fine now because some some technicality, like he didn't have custody of his daughter, technically, so it, he really couldn't represent her in this lawsuit. But it took years to appeal that and said, so what a mess. And, and it starts with people like him, basically, that, um, you know, take action, basically, to, to, for something that he believes in. And you can do that in America. Um, you can not do that in every other country. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, he, he, he started that. Um, Michael... New Tao or something like that is his name. And he started an atheist church and everything. He was an attorney. Um, a- atheist church. Atheist. Okay. That's a like, religion at that point. Exactly, that's a like religion. If you're starting them, a church. Yeah. If you have. It really makes
0: a lot of sense. Yeah. Or it's or but, it's a cult. But you can do that in America. So, uh, you, you, There's a lot of weird things you can do in America. But I was curious about that question. Because there's, there's been kind of. I've talked to some people recently. Just in my own daily life. About the separation. Like okay. You know. We, we think that the church should be more outspoken about things that are morally wrong, and, and things that right. are morally wrong happen in politics uh, right. quite it's, often. It's all relative. It always is. Mm -hmm. But there's kind of like this, but we don't want it to all become, you talk more about politics and you talk about the word. And so I was having, I've been having these conversations throughout my week. And so I was like, well, let me, let me ask, let me ask you. Cause you, you know, you you seem like you're a strong, a strong Christian and you're also a very strong conservative. So I was was like, and you also seem like you have a, you have a lot of opinions on everything. So I was like, she's got
1: to have an opinion on this. Yeah, and and um, and I think that our pastors and uh, churches—not everyone, but a lot of them—are failing us, and especially the younger generation. They're totally failing us through COVID and the lockdowns. I mean, mm-hmm. good good for the pastors that got arrested in in Canada and, and in our country and in other countries for keeping their churches open. I mean, wow, what an example to me. That's that's the right thing to do, but. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to a good church or not, because there's only two things that matter is the word of God and and trying to follow Jesus and be more like him being disciples. Um, And so if if your pastor isn't tying everything back to the word of God and what does what does the Bible say, not what you think and what society thinks and your opinions. I mean, I get enough opinions all day. I need to know what the word says and your interpretation of it. And then I'll go and do my own study of it and and i'll have my own time with that verse um later on and ask god what that means to me um so you it's a spirit of discernment whether it's media whether it's social social media or the me, or the news or your pastor you have to be able to know is this truthful and 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 the truth is in the word so is it is it in the bible or is it not or is it just an opinion i mean you should you have to be able to know the difference yeah
0: don't think. Don't think. Peop- most people know the difference between the opinion and the truth. Yeah. Do you At think? This do, point
2: you, do you guys think that maybe uh, when people hear the phrase "separation of church and state," that uh, maybe the idea of how church should be involved in politics is maybe skewed a bit? Like church is going to come in, get into politics, and then be like, "Well, oh, because uh, in this verse here, you know, in in this in this book in oh, this verse, we're going to make a law on this," which could be completely counter to other people's freedoms that are not Christians. So I kind of wonder if that's the con is if that's the concept. Um, and I'm curious if that, if what y'all's thoughts are on, you know, what, what might be some of the misconceptions of how church should be involved in the state? I
0: think that's a, I think that's a good question. And I struggle with it where I think, I think sometimes they go too far. I think
2: in which direction,
0: um, I think I think probably getting too political um, at points where I think what you said is is true, where our litmus test is kind of saying, does this tie back to the word of God or is this just a rallying campaign? Is this just a rallying message? Is this just my opinion? Can you point to scripture uh, where this is important? Um, And if you're talking so much about politics, because, you know, politics is a part of the Bible. We see a lot of politics, honestly. We see a lot in the New Testament with Jesus and, you know, dealing with these Pharisees. There's a ton of politics in that. We see a lot of politics in the Old Testament, especially. I mean, gosh, I mean— you know, you're looking at you know, first uh, and second kings, first and 2 chronicles. It's it's all this politics that's happening. So, and we've had we see involvement of our prophets uh, in politics, but not in the way that we think. Not not in the way where they're they're running to be king. They can't do that because it's not a democracy. They're kings. Um, and God picks them, kind of. Um, <laughs> well, he, I mean, he does, but it's just weird that like, anyway. I'm yeah, not gonna get, get into you. it. I'm not gonna get into it. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think we have some involvement in politics and so we should talk about it. But there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that pertains to our morality, that pertains to the heart, that if we if we talk about where the heart is, some of this other stuff will fix itself to a mm-hmm. certain extent. Where uh, this kind of goes back to what I was saying in the beginning is where, you know, we look so far out at policy. And we look so far out nationally, where we have to bring it back to not just the community, but back it to ourselves as the individual. Um, and so, I think sometimes when churches get too political, they lose a little bit of the the heart part. Um, mm-hmm.
1: And and on the contrary, it's it, the it's amorality. We're a culture of amorality. At this point, we're all the way to the other side where yep. there's it's just amorality. There's no, there's no basis, no morals. I mean, it, you can be this or that or neither or both. And I'm like, where do you stand? Why is there so much gray? For me, I'm very black and white. If you haven't noticed, but there's no gray with me. It's it's this or that. I'm not confused about anything. I have no confusion. I have a peace of mind because internally I have calm I have calm and peace and that comes from God. Around me I feel like there's so much chaos and there's so much chaos. There is chaos around us because we struggle with that immorality. We're removing God from everything, but just in general, we're removing morals from everything. I mean, we have to have some structure to our society. Mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness. I mean, it's like it, they just throw it out the door and then that causes the, the cognitive dissonance. I know a lot of people, I feel like that's like a trendy word now, but cognitive dissonance is so real that it's when people, their behaviors and their beliefs don't align and then they're conflicted. And that's why you get so much anger when people kind of just, thrust at you and they're just so angry and you're like why are you so angry but then when I dig into that foot fetish atheist Satan and s- like her intentions and why she's so angry and I find all the contradictions and I point them out I'm like I, now I understand you're all over the place like you there's no there's nothing I don't know I still don't understand where you stand and how can we run a society like that with no structure no morality I mean we have to have some kind of ground here that we stand on I and mean, we have to, I mean, but we have, we've, we have had that for thousands of years and now we're trying to make it a cool thing, uh, to make, you know, we're glorifying obesity. We're glorifying mental illness where instead of glorifying, becoming a better person, striving for excellence, becoming a better version of yourself, no, eat healthy and lose weight. That is a good thing. Stop glorifying obesity. It's literally killing people. Stop Telling people that they don't have to work out and they're beautiful just the way they are. I work in email marketing for retail industries, and I'm these boutiques are carrying now sizes that I've never heard of. I mean, I don't know where we're up to right now, but that's not okay. That's promoting that's that's promoting obesity. That yeah, it's it, you can look cute in your obesity is what that's saying to me, and I I don't think that's healthy and helping anybody. Um, same thing with the mental illness, but we can talk about that.
2: I feel like uh, I feel like promoting obesity is like promoting a really slow suicide Cause <laughs> its you're just you're killing yourself slowly but surely you are it's the same with smoking and, and then uh, alcoholism just drinking too much it's, it's not something I've I've ever quite understood um, but kind of back on the the note about uh, you know church and state I think this is kind of where uh, Jordan maybe you're probably in the same boat struggling with where you know, to what involvement does it have? Because on one hand, it's like, grew up in the school. Well, I did, I grew up homeschooled, but it's like at the time, the schools, they they, they still prayed, there was still, you know, just, there were still classes uh, on on Bible and, and stuff like that. And they took all of that away. And they they, you know, they swung the pendulum to the other, to the opposite end. They just get rid of anything religious, anything God at all. On one hand, um, it would be nice to see some of that stuff make its return. On the other hand, I imagine that there are people who don't want it to be, we'll, we'll say like a messianic uh, religion, so they don't want it to be Jesus, they don't want it to be God. Um, and while it would be good for us, on one hand, if we turn the tables around and they introduced, and they're like, all right, it's going to be, we're going to bring a religion back, but this time it's going to be Islam, or this time it's going to be Buddhism which inherently, those religions still share a lot of similar values across the board, but ultimately, I would say the three of us probably would not be in favor of that. So to me, I'm trying to figure out, like at, at what point can that stuff be integrated back in rather than just completely stripped uh, from the schools and from government? Obviously, we want it to come back. We want we want religion to, to make a, a rise again. But... I just, I don't know how far that we can go with it. If, if I'm making my argument clear, is if we, we flip it around. I just,
1: the word balance just keeps popping into my head because that's been on my mind lately. But it's just, and it can go either way. So it's with every other cultural topic that we're, we're talking about right now. It's you give, you know, give people an inch and they take a mile and they take it the complete other way. I don't think extreme religion. So this is the problem with religion and Christianity is that there's, it's not, people hate religion. I think that's why there's, they've, they're trying to remove God out of our country completely because they've either been really hurt by religion mm-hmm. or some church. And, and I want them to remember is that, and I think they call it church hurt or something nowadays, but it's not, it's not God that's hurting you. And it's not even really that church that's hurting you or whatever bad experience you had growing up. It's the, literally a person in that church or in that environment that is hurting you. So that there's people in that community, and it can be any community that that is hurting you, and now you're having a bad experience, and now you're saying religion sucks. And I'm very much it's it's not about religion. It's it's just about being a better person and and having that relationship with your creator because there is a higher power. I mean, at least acknowledge there's a higher power. I mean, you can't be that arrogant where you think that you're, I mean, you're you don't you have all the answers because you don't. Yeah,
2: um, like thinking you're a god
1: <laughs> and yes, like a, like an,
0: ath- an atheist uh, Satanist thing yeah and I'm s- and I, and I agree with that to a certain extent the thing that I would make like because we're saying okay bring back religion right but you're like why bring back Christianity? i guess like above all the other religions. Is that kind of am i getting you kind of C- correctly?
2: Kind of. It's just how do you how do you choose one over the others especially when obviously somebody who's not christian, somebody who's islam or buddhist or something else or atheist. They're, sure. they're definitely okay. not going to like it just as much as we wouldn't like it if they came in and they just strictly taught atheism.
1: But in our school systems or what specifically?
2: Uh we'll we'll start with school systems cuz that's that's early on education and such. I mean, I think we could, I think it'd be a little bit easier to, to specify in lawmaking. Like I wouldn't go take verses out of the Bible and then go make laws on them that applied to everybody, including people who don't identify as being a Christian. Cause I think those laws are specifically like, that, that is, that, that inherently comes with being a Christian saying, I'm going to follow Jesus is there are do's and don'ts. And I have to abide by those to be part of this. I don't think that it it would be pulling uh what was the roman emperor that that basically just declared christianity i'm forgetting who it was i don't, I don't was know it, con- it might have been constantine
0: i don't know who you're talking about i'm going to be honest no idea
2: it's been done before though like we don't we don't want the religion itself to rule the country you, you, yeah. you don't but get, we're the only country aren't we like only
1: point. the only country in the entire world that hasn't claimed one religion as our national religion I mean, I don't I don't know.
0: I, don't know if I na- can't be I don't certain know if, if we're national,
2: the only
1: one. I can't be certain about that.
2: I can't be certain either, but I don't know that claiming a national religion would be the same as having that religion rule. Because, I mean, that's, well, that's initially why America ended up getting started, is at least one of the reasons back in Europe, is because right. the church pretty much ruled everything. And if you didn't agree with the church, you didn't agree with the government. So I think right. that to that extent, we want to keep them separate.
0: Right. You know, I think... I think at least, at least from where I stand is that I genuinely believe in Christianity. I genuinely believe that there is only one God, um, that there, that there is the Trinity, um, that we are in desperate need of a savior and that the, and that the law of God is written on all of our hearts. Like C.S. Lewis, the reason why he wrote Mere Christianity said, you know, you can look at science to point to God, but. At the end of the day if you look at morality it's already written there you can study yourself essentially Um, and so i believe that all these morals are judeo-christian values that we already have here Um, when you look at uh, something like uh, islam or buddhism they don't they don't necessarily match the moral code that's here so i'm not saying i don't think that we should necessarily force anyone uh, to be christian to a certain extent even with some of the laws that we have um, we already enforce Judeo-Christian values. And I think there's plenty of, of the, fa- I know that all the founding fathers were all Christians, but they believed that these were good values and these are good systems to have in place. So I think we, we I would want people to get to the point where that we accept Judeo-Christian values and that if there's a Bible at a school, that should be okay. It should be more than okay. It should be encouraged.
2: Is a Quran at a school Okay.
0: I think a Quran at a school could be okay. I suppose if that's their religion. I mean, it just depends. I'd have to think about it a little bit because the Quran, the Quran is harder for me because I feel like there's a lot of extremist stuff in it. From what I've studied, um, from from what I've read, um, from what I know, um, it would just really have to depend.
2: Book of Mormon, Jehovah Witness.
1: Yes, so, <laughs> but there aren't like all that, that. That's not in public schools, right? Really. And mean, if aren't you, you want to go to public a, schools either, anymore. right? So this,
0: I'm saying though, if you walked in with the Quran, and someone walked in with the Bible, would they really tell the person with the Quran to leave, or would that be immediately blown up in the media as some sort of religious discrimination?
2: Oh, right now, no, they couldn't. I'm, I'm kind of saying in the in the hypothetical sense, if we were to, or a theoretical sense, if we were to try and bring religion back. You know, to schools, we'll say we'll we'll, we'll stick on schools. Uh, we'll it but even to, like the, the pledge that of back.
1: allegiance, it said under God. There's multiple religions right. that all have a and we're God. we're not
2: God would trust and all right. that stuff. So I mean, they haven't completely scrubbed it. I mean, they're close. But I just I, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how we would bring it back in a way that it didn't feel like somebody else who's not part of the religion doesn't feel like their kids are going to get uh, trampled on. Or get, or get brainwashed into something else, because that's our concern right now, right, is public schools teaching ideology, and we don't want them teaching a particular ideology because it disagrees with ours.
1: No, right, they should just go to school and learn their subject matter and then go to church on Sunday and read the Bible at home with their family.
0: Yeah, I think um, that would be fine. Like, if you're, I, this is the thing where, I, you know, I think with teachers, for the love of God, just teach math. You know, teach them how to write. Uh, you know, you can teach art. You can even teach religion, mm-hmm. um, and just talk about each. I think I think Christians knowing different religions is also very important. And to a I certain agree. extent, um, th- those who are uh, Muslim very much like to know about what Christians believe, um, mm-hmm. because they're all trying to witness to each other uh, in some in some form or fashion. So I don't have any issues with religion classes. I don't think there's any reason for anyone to be pushing the religion, any teacher to be pushing a religion necessarily. I think that if we te- teach the basic facts of, mm-hmm. of science, I think that God speaks for himself. I don't really think that we need to have anyone pushing it. But I think that if a, if a student wants to bring a Bible to read, I don't think that should be a problem. And if, if someone wants to read, a, bring a Quran to read... I don't. I guess I don't really have an issue with that either.
2: When you say someone, are you talking to like a student? A student, okay. a student yep.
0: wise? Yeah, I think that they should be able to do that. If if we have all this s- stupid, crappy books at our at our schools, um, surely we can allow some religious text in. Yeah, the, the books that you've showed me with the sex is <laughs> been So bad, <laughs> it's really bad. He he did that to me on a podcast, and I uh, I was appalled. Parents buy
1: the parents buy those books. Are their you children sure they're actually stories. It? They're literally reading that to their children as a bedtime story because there's no other content out there that is better. He doesn't talk about sexuality. He
0: literally showed me a comic where, like, these two people are having, like, oral sex. I've
1: and heard I, of that one. Isn't that, yeah. Wasn't that in Charlotte? That was in Charlotte. That was a mom that, know, that spoke at a school board. It's
2: been a little while since I since I looked at that one. No, I have she to did.
1: There was a lady. I forgot her name, but she, she's... She was a mom and she spoke at school board and she was like, this is what, this uh, is the yes, book in the library. I remember this now. And she read an excerpt from the book out loud in front of everyone so they could hear. And they
0: tried to get her to stop because it was inappropriate. It's like, but if it's inappropriate, then why would you ha- let it be, be said in the schools with your kids? Yeah, I don't did,
2: understand. It didn't make any sense. I think that the book that I particularly showed you, and I'm blanking on the title of it right now. In the It author, wasn't memorable. It I mean, it's memorable to me, but not um, in the way I want it to be. Well, the
0: title, the, the image, yes. The title, no.
2: Yeah, no. Um, I think that one, it was assigned out, but it was assigned out to like 17 and uh, seven, like 16 to 18 year olds. Uh, sorry, I don't remember grades for schools ever, but seven, six, 16 to 18 was the age range that it was assigned out for. But even then, I don't think that that should have been introduced to high schoolers. To me, like the, I feel like the purpose of college initially was to, in the universities, was to get, kids in and expose them to different trains of thought they're a little bit older they've gotten their basic uh their basic learning material and education out of the way it's like here now welcome welcome to the world here's all these other different ideas here's different takes on the American Revolution and uh, and, you know all these other all these other parts of history and these different cultures and beliefs and systems
1: teach teach them how to think not what to think
2: right I mean now it seems like First of all, the, the university college definitely are trying to teach you what to think, but it's extended down into, in, I mean, into, into grade school and high school. And high school. Um, I think this is, that is evidence of one of those, uh, one of one, part of that type of education. All right. So being the only man here, I do have an important question to ask our two lovely ladies here. Um, what is a woman... Famous question going around these days, Usually nobody there's seems a built pause. to, d- to define. <laughs> literally,
1: no one can define it. It's the strangest thing ever. And to be completely honest, when someone asked me, I, I literally didn't even know how to explain it. So I think we need to be honest and, and say that. I mean, <laughs> you know what a woman is, but no one's ever asked you. Um, and then, but then when you put your thoughts together, you're like, oh, duh, okay.
2: So it's kind of like one of those words where if somebody asks you the definition, you don't know, like, you know what the word means, but you're like, I really don't know the definition to this thing or how to explain this to you.
0: Yeah. Boys have penises and girls have vaginas and one can carry children and the other cannot. (laughs) Yeah. But you've had
1: time to think about it. (laughs) I mean, I've thought about this so many (laughs) times
0: to be honest. I'm like, that's what it like. I have a vagina. And I, c- I have the capability of bearing children, though some women cannot. Um, but if they were in perfect health were in a perfect world, they would be able to. They were built.
1: To, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually wanted to tie this back to the previous conversation we were having about professors in our school system. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you look at the origination of of the documentary what is a woman they talk about well where did this whole culture transgender and when culture,
0: you say uh, th- so I'm going to interrupt you when you say what is a woman documentary you're referring to Matt Walsh's uh, documentary
1: yeah so Matt Walsh has he's on Daily Wire you have to pay to, to see it but it's a documentary it's a great documentary where he goes around just asking people what is a woman he asked psychologists psychiatrists professors experts gender gender experts or conversion experts and surgeons and people on the street even he mm-hmm. flies over, over to Africa and asks a, a very traditional <laughs> tribe <laughs> and they think we're absolutely nuts and have lost our mind over there we um, have lost our mind we have lost our minds bless but um But yeah, so he, it's just basically him just asking people, what is a woman? And can you explain to, can you just explain what, what's going on with this Mm. gender roles? Um, but I, what I love and the biggest takeaway for me from that documentary is where did it originate from? And that, that goes back to everything, including culture appropriation with, I mean, I looked into that too. Where did that originate from? So we forgot to talk about that, but what is a woman? So he's, what is a woman and, um, why is there so much controversy around that? Um, and the origination comes from basically two names, Alfred Kenzie and John Money. So if you take away anything, take away those two names because they don't want us to talk about it. They don't want you to know the truth and where these ideologies come from. And I'm starting to pick up on a pattern of professors. Um, Well, one is a social reformer, completely mentally ill, uh, and then the other is a, a professor and a psychologist. So there's a... I don't know if they're just arrogant and they they've because they've become so such an expert in their field or they become bored where they think that they can come up with whatever kind of ideology or theories that they want and then no matter how immoral they are and then you've got people you know, finding out about it, and, but they're pushing it probably on, on their college students, and then these, these college students, where their brains literally are not fully developed, because your brain doesn't fully develop until you're 25, think it's cool, and they really believe in it and whatever they come up with, and then they push it on the masses, and, and so, so that's, that's basically John Money, um, he was a professor and a psychologist, and he thought that it was okay to raise boys as girls and they'd be just fine. Mm-hmm. So he thought that, um, you know, he'd try it out and experiment on somebody's twin boys. I don't know why that, I don't know who those parents are. I need to find out if they're alive. And then, and and then we need to, I just need to figure out if they're, if they're alive. But John Money is, he, now he's dead. He he died in 2006. But he literally took someone else's children and, and took their lives, their precious lives, and experimented um, on them. So he took one of the boys, raised, raised them as a girl. These are twin boys. And obviously the experiment did not work um, at all. Um, and actually he, he forced sexual traumatic acts on, on themselves to where they grew up and one committed suicide and the other overdosed. So no, it did not go well. And their lives are, were, were, they should never been used for that. For that, for, for his his pleasure or whatever his hobbies of in his his theories, um, so that that was a professor and he coined the term gender terminology uh, or gender uh, gender. Uh, I wait. What did no, identity. He, Gender ideology? Yes. No, 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 it's gender identity. Because it, it, it started off as gender identity disorder, and I guess he just dropped off the disorder, and now he's coined the term gender identity and gender roles. Um, so he created those terms and coined them. And so he's the one that's kind of mix, mixing the roles up. You can be a boy, you can be born, born a boy, but you can grow up to be a girl, um, even if you force that child into being a, a, a sex that they that they're not, um, so that didn't work. That was a failed experiment. Um, the other the other character is uh, Alfred Kenzie, and he's a child molester. That's what he should be known as because that's literally what he is a mentally ill child molester. And he was a social reformer. Basically, tried to rid society of Judeo Christianity values when it came to sexuality, and he literally performed sexual experimentations or had them performed on children as young as six months old. Mm-hmm. And he interviewed pedophiles in prison, and that's how he gathered his little book of, of, of research and data, and which later on became was known to be fraudulent obviously because you can't just go interview pedophiles and say that this is the truth. He believed happiness, it comes from sexual pleasure no matter what the the age is. So imagine this, this pedophile basically um, doing all of this and, and he's, he was celebrated. He's still celebrated today. He never suffered any consequences. And so, and he's, he's from further back. I mean, he, I, I don't even know what year I forgot what year, but I mean these people it's still rooted in the in our public school systems too. So when we ask how did it get this far? How are, how did we get to the point where we're talking about gender roles? Yep. Alfred Kenzie. Yep. Died in 90,
2: uh, 1956, born in 1894.
1: 56, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was a long time ago. So these ideologies that these professors and social reformers that they create, that no matter how disgusting they are, I mean, it can take decades for them to actually come to life and reach the masses because it's, it's here. It's here now. But I think it's important to know that origination.
2: It kind of reminds me of uh, the origination of Planned Parenthood. Being Margaret oh, Sanger man. and just That's how a what a racist too. she was, and it's like this is this is like one of your founding people that this is built on, and it's the it's the same for all of the all of the gender talk that we have today, where they they started. I mean, they kind of they took it and they took his ideas and, and went a little bit different than him and Money's, um, but they st- start trying to dissect what a person is trying to bring up, you know, separate their sex and their gender. And say that the gender is just a socio norm that is just enforced on them. It's it's culture. It's a cultural norm is essentially where they've where they've gone with it. Um.
1: But when you start to look at the origination of things, then you better understand the the evil that was rooted in that ideology. So if it doesn't make sense to you, it's creating chaos, and it's not good. It's probably because it was originated by someone really bad, <laughs> and and that's the truth. I'm starting. It's it, it may it's not always bad intent. Like the whole culture appropriation that was. I think Arthur. I don't know. Some someone named Arthur Casey or something like that. 1945. He was also a professor at Columbia, and he studied cultural history, um, specifically, I think, China, Chinese, so he probably saw something, and, because he knew a lot about the cultural, you know, uh, Chinese culture, and thought, okay, well, that's not right, or, but look, look to, look where we've come, like, how far we've, we've taken it to where now we can't even, talk about each other's cultures. So the same thing with Planned Parenthood. Like you said, absolute racist woman that wanted to get rid of basically black babies and and other minority groups Mm -hmm. out of the area. And that's where Planned Parenthood, and and they're extremely successful at doing that original mission. Mm -hmm. But no one will talk about it. They don't want you to know that. It's the same people that are all Black Lives
0: Matter are the same people that are pro-abortion, which abortion, again, it affects lot of minorities specifically black babies so the contradictions because it was supposed
1: that. to that was the root of it of it all
0: yeah mm-hmm. no and she 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 pretty much
2: i mean succeeded really She's so no, successful no, yeah, at yeah. it I, w- I would say she succeeded yeah
0: in, sure. in new york you know your your baby is if you're if, if you're a black baby you know you're more likely to to die by abortion than to actually get a chance to live which is absolutely insane so she she accomplished her goal and it took It took time, and it was was devastating, and then you have, you know, Kinsey uh, and money, and we've watched how far this has gone, Um, and it's not, and I'm in the middle. I'm working on a book. It's called Love Thy Body by Nancy Piercy, Um, so she kind of goes through all these different um, sexual issues where the thing that's, I think, very common between transgenderism and abortion is that they try to separate uh, the body from the soul like we treat them like they're two separate things because at this point with abortion we know that that's a human being at this point there is just no question we have too much technology it's a life
1: it might not be formed in a baby shape just yet but it's a life right the opportunity
0: to have a life and so you notice that the left will make claims of like well what about its viability they're basically asking you know oh well it's okay it's a human but it's not person. Um, and so you kind of have like a similar thing that happens with transgenderism. It's like, well, I'm in the wrong body and my soul and my body were not on the same page. Uh, and so you kind of, you kind of see that happening a little bit. And so we've seen Kinsey and we've seen money and this, this idea that we would all look back on and say, this is preposterous is now becoming taboo to even speak out against it. Like, it's crazy to even ask, what is a woman? It's crazy that if I said in my workplace and I work I work at a university, if I were to be asked, you know, what is a man and what is a woman, that the honest biological truth could very well be seen as discriminatory.
1: Um, but that's why you have to, uh, you really have to, and especially the young conservatives, you really have to know your foundation and your basics. Like absolutely. you have to know black and white because if you do know, if you know that, just the basics, and you know it's true... And you've got God's confidence, then you can shout. You can just whisper the truth, and if it makes them angry, it's their cognitive dissonance.
0: Well, it's what it's what happened in the garden where the God said, "Don't don't eat the fruit." Simple, very simple. And then all Satan has to do is just put in a little bit of doubt. Like, did God really say? It's that doubt. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the doubt and even the pressure. So even you know, I think that there's a lot more people out there that. That don't believe in transgenderism, that aren't conservative necessarily. You know, maybe they're independents, maybe they're moderates, maybe they're liberal. Th- that know deep down that this is not right, but are too scared to say anything. Well, I,
1: okay, there's a lot going on, and I'm not that I'm. I mean, this is from what I understand. You can disagree
0: with me, by the way. That's we welcome disagreement no, no, on this podcast. I, I haven't disagreed <laughs> with you
1: just yet, but if I did, um, I you know I tell you. But, no, no, i'm I'm agreeing with you is that it's we've just taken it too far. Now it's becoming a cultural thing where it's like cool to be transgender. So that's why I think people are upset and saying, no, this is wrong because they're, you know, they're, oh gosh, I think it was Britannica. It was like one in four hundred men and one in six hundred and fifty women actually have some kind of sexual chromosome abnormality. And that doesn't mean that they're gonna become transgender. It just means that, it can be anything. There's millions of symptoms. It can be mm-hmm. that they have problems with infertility, or it can be that they have a shorter stature, or they actually are transgender, um, where there's something that went wrong with the reproduction cells, basically, like their sperm and their Sometimes egg. When, when they, they say asexual,
0: isn't that what the the like the small minority of people that are like... In, oh, it's intersex, <laughs> it's intersex.
1: Intersex, that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh the really s- tiny minority of people.
1: But there is... I mean, there is... It, there's still fairly minority group, but there are people that... Something, you know, happened to their makeup, their sexual makeup, their chromosomes, whether it was, you know, a a loss or it was altered. But that happens like medically with their genetics. And and so there are going to that's maybe why you see your little boy, you know, reading, you know, playing with dolls or something. I mean, that that but they're still a fairly minority group. Um, But that's genetics. That's biology. Like that's a biological situation. Um, but then we went from that to okay, and you know, we also have the, the people that struggle with the psychological side of things. So they that those are people that deal with and you'll see in the in the what is a woman documentary that deal with uh gender dysphoria and gender identity disorder i mean that's that sounds like a nightmare or at least one from the psychiatrists they're like this is a nightmare we don't wish this upon anybody mm-hmm. and it's uh, that's awful i mean to life is already hard enough and to have to deal with that but that's a psychological psychological effect um and then there's even a subgroup of that even where um and it is still psychological where Maybe someone as a child experienced some kind of sexual, someone molested them as a child, and now mm-hmm. they have to deal with that for the rest of their life. That was their first sexual encounter, was the same sex abusing them. And, I mean, I just met someone that lost her son to he overdosed and and she just learned that he was molested as a child and he couldn't bear the pain from that and that's why he's been addicted to drugs and then eventually overdosed he couldn't live anymore with mm-hmm. that pain so that's a whole nother side of it but now we're at the point where and you'll see it again in the documentary where there's an o- there's online communities where they're preying on children again this is to me this is just pedophilia this is this is this is preying on children telling them oh you're an outcast you don't fit in and because they they're going you know they're going growing up in a very difficult time and with COVID, I mean, they're just in social media, they're growing up with social media. It's so disconnected. That now they're online communities and they're and they're being drawn to those online communities because the, the transgender community or LGBTQ plus whatever it is, they're saying, you know, we, we'll accept you. We accept everyone for who they are. You don't even have to know your gender. You can just come to us and you can take it a step further and, and do a reverse sex change um, that is literally permanent for the rest of your life and, and you'll really fit in. So we're praying now on people that just because they don't fit in or they don't, find a community to be a part of or feel a part of where they're they're just praying and 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 that's where you're you're taking it too far. So,
2: and yeah. what what teenager or kid feels like they belong a <laughs> like, I I t- teenager yeah. kid does not have a problem with trying to figure out who they are and where they belong and what they should be doing and who they're going to hang out with? Like,
0: but that's know. why it's preying on them is because, like, think about when you were a teenager. Because they you, know, yeah, they they really feel like they're alone. Like your world, it all feels real because your hormones are all over the place. We have broken homes, you know, things mom and dad aren't doing well. You don't feel like you belong. Well, what's this, you know, an online community that accepts me, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: And again, if you go to the origination, the root of the problem, it's the fatherless homes. It's, you know, the broken families. It's the generational cycles of damage from alcoholism, from drug addiction, from domestic violence, whatever it is. Why don't we look at the root of the issues and the origination of things? You know, and work on that. And that's why we need to focus. And that's why families and building families is so important. But they're trying, they're going after that. They want to break up the family because they know if they go after the family and they go after uh, basically everything else and your marriage and and children that they can break us apart because that is, that is the glue that holds us apart. I mean, holds us together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There is some glue that does tear us apart (laughs) as we've seen,
0: uh, as we've seen the left do uh, pretty regularly. But, yeah, I think they have to destroy the nuclear family. I feel like, you know, again, I got to go back to abortion. Uh, You go back to abortion, you you go to transgenderism, uh, sexual promiscuity, you know. All this stuff breaks the nuclear family.
1: All of it does that. Um, can't even live. How are you going to have a family? And they they claim that they're, they're human activist or human rights activists. I'm like, wouldn't you want to start with the li- life itself at the beginning, the origination of life? Wouldn't you, how are you going to say, 63 million lives have been taken over the last 50 years because of Roe versus Wade. Isn't that a mass genocide or a modern day mass genocide? Wouldn't that be humans, the biggest human rights issue that you could possibly be passionate about? Wouldn't you want to start at the beginning of life, the right to have life itself? If you don't even have the right to have a life, which is the consequence of having sex. That's a consequence of having unsafe sex. and, And I understand accidents happen, but that you have to understand early on, very young, that there's a consequence of having, making a life. And now it's not about you anymore. It's not. It's about that, that life that you have inside of you that's growing and it's going to shape. So no, you don't have the right to kill, kill the baby, but, I mean, that is that I don't know why, but that topic is just oof, if you even touch that topic nowadays with the other side, it's just oh, it, especially
2: after the over the they overturn. Lose of Roe it. V. Wade. Oh, they if, lose it. I wonder if part of the reason they set themselves up so strongly in support of abortion is because religion itself was against it. And because they just like the country has just done a phenomenal job of just trying to push away anything that has to do with God.
0: I mm-hmm. only partly agree that, Because I think it's a deeper issue. I think it's a deeper issue where you look at abortion, transgenderism, sexual promiscuity. Yes, it has to do with religion, but not just for religion's sake. It is the desire to be one's own God. Because you say with human rights, you know, it's like, well, you're like, wouldn't you want to start at the root? For someone who is focused on self, the only human Hmm. rights that matter is you. Yes. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I I made this mistake. I had sex and I had this child. I no longer want to take responsibility. Get rid of it.
1: And why don't we talk about support and, or just resources and educating women instead? So why don't we, instead of, let, what are we going to do now that we have a baby? Like, like, let's talk about it now after the fact that we have a baby. No, why don't, we t- why don't we get in front of it and prevent these situations by saying, hey, you know, educating younger women, saying, hey, like, this is real, this can happen, and, and what you can do when it does happen and providing more supports. I mean, thank goodness now we have a generation that is more pro, uh, you know, uh, not pro, what, what am I saying? Pro-life, sorry. Yeah. There's so yeah. many pro pros. But I'm like I didn't want to put
0: the words in your mouth think it's Pro-life. <laughs> Pro-life. <laughs> we have more of
1: a post-row generation, which is so great to see. And we need to keep talking about it because you never know who's looking at your content. I was my body, my choice three years ago. So, wow, really? I mean, because I, wow. I didn't know any better. I mean, what I've never, I've never been exposed to any other type of opinion or pr- perspective. I've just always been me, 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 me and my body, my body, my body. Well, it's not about you and your body. There's literally another body inside of you. It's not about you anymore. God changed my decision. Wow. So, wow. Because God says every life matters. He knows who you are before you're even in that womb. I mean, he knows everything about you, the, the numbers of hair that you're going to have and, He does have a plan and purpose for you. And that's why I love even, even the people that are conceived out of rape. Mm -hmm. Okay. Every life matters. And, and even the people that are conceived in rape and, and you hope that that person does I mean, there's so much to it, but there's more and more people that are coming out with their stories that have been conceived out of rape. Uh, Katie Barnett, she ran for Senate in Pennsylvania. Yeah, That's why people were obsessed with her because she's like, she's, conceived out of rape her, mo- her mother was raped out of uh, at six, 16 or 17 but decided to have her and keep her and now she's a veteran and running for senate and she is speaking her truth and she is a godly woman i mean like wow what a story she deserves to live yes she her lives her life matters just as much as anybody else yeah absolutely. I, although it's and, and and it's an awful thing i mean obviously <laughs> obviously rape but it's you know you don't do you don't do wrong with wrong I mean it's you're not gonna kill the baby because the, the evil man decided to rape somebody the baby no sadly
2: that's the decision they've made and that's one that's been one I've always had a hard time with is it's like okay clearly of the of the three people involved here one of them had nothing to do with it yeah, yeah. and one of them obviously didn't want you know one of yeah. them's a victim and the other is a victimizer and it's like we definitely have a symptom for the victim oh uh, for sure and, for sure but the kid is a product Mm -hmm. of that it's like why the kid's paying the punishment of the victimizer i had never understood that and then i even have a harder time on it when you know like as a christian like every life is valuable it's like even the rapist his life is valuable i think he's forfeited all of his rights at that point or her because there's both but it's like at that point you forfeited your rights and it's like i know god still has a heart for you i'm gonna have a really hard time but there's evil. There any evil any does exist in you. our world. Like mm-hmm. there
1: are evil. There's the devil is alive every single day. This is why we need Jesus. But the devil's real. He's he's here every day. There's people that walk on this earth, and you can see it when when you look at serial killer documentaries. I mean, they are. <laughs> Do you, uh, you like serial uh, killer I, documentaries? And and <laughs> and a lot of them also experience. They're they're molested as ch- children. That's a pattern. They're the serial killer that go after children. That that uh, that rape children and kill them. They're typically a lot yep. of the time are molested as children and they grow up and they do the same thing mm-hmm. to children, but except they kill them. Um, but same thing. Yeah. With serial killers. it's, it's Yeah. Really great. Yeah. There's <laughs>
0: honestly, I just feel like we could talk for another, like, I don't know, two to three, four more hours. Cause there's just so many different topics we could touch on. This is why
1: I asked you to rein me in. Yeah. Cause I can talk <laughs> about everything. I can't though. I was just like, you keep going. I'm like, yes, I, I'm here for it. And I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's just keep talking. Well, I just hope so. I hope this encourages somebody, especially the younger conservatives and, and anybody. They don't have to be conservative, but just any young person. Because like I said, I was my body, my choice three years ago. Just completely, just was never exposed to any other perspective. Um, my life has completely changed now. I know you say I'm a strong Christian, but I, I haven't read the whole Bible. I don't know my Bible in and out. I, I feel like I'm just starting my journey. So there's so much to me there's so much to me that I can share and I, I've never actually done anything to help with our elections. I mean, I've tried, I've tried to volunteer, but no one will reply to me. Um, but we're going to tag, we're going to tag, we're going to tag them. Okay. We're, be like, hey. we're, we're, we're doing stuff on our own terms. Um, and so you don't have to be somebody, you don't have to run a podcast. You don't have to be a strong Christian. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to know every political law that's out there right now, know everything in the bill and spend two hours reading the bill you know, you, you just have to be someone that's courageous, that gets that courage from God. God gives you that courage and that confidence and, and just start speaking because you know your truth. You're, you're not crazy. Okay. We've been labeled everything under the sun for six years. We've been persecuted. That's persecution for your religious beliefs, for your political opposition, for, you know, free speech for six years, we've been persecuted, but guess what? Jesus has, was treated worse than anyone else on this planet. And, uh, so wh- I don't know that we should expect to be treated really any better. So if I always look to how he was treated when, when we're treated the way we're treated for the past, we were treated for the past six years is, you know, God set that example of, hey, if, if you're treated this way and you're scared to speak out because you're going to, someone's going to attack you. Well, what did Jesus do when he was attacked and he spoke out and yeah. literally yeah. had stones thrown at him?
2: Ended up turning the other cheek. Let him continue.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I think, too, another
0: good way to tack on to that is just say, you know, you're not going to be comfortable. Um, life is not about comfort, unfortunately. Um, so you're by doing these things, by, by being more bold and being courageous, you are going to be more uncomfortable. And I've already heard of people that have already lost friends uh, for just having a different opinion. But I think you're going to gain uh, something you more. gain so much you're more. gonna gain so you much gain more, mm-hmm. way better friends. First <laughs> of all, yes, I um, hope we've made a new friend here today. I yeah, got you now, yeah, we can actually go look and we're
1: here together. This would have never happened if I didn't start the conservative women in North That's Carolina. Right. I would have never met you, I would have mm-hmm. never been on here and had this opportunity. I mean, if you start speaking up and you start doing things that are true to yourself, then better things come along. There's way more better people
0: out there like you so than much you think, more. so or much more. Always. Um, but anyway. I'm going to end us off. You guys should all go follow Michelle. Um, We'll put her information uh, in our YouTube link and our Spotify description. Michelle, this has been an absolute pleasure. I hope we get to have you back on again. I'll talk to our manager about it uh, and Connor too. Uh, But thank you so much. Uh, Again, this is Resident Skeptics. We'll be having more guests on, so you're not going to want to miss it. I'm already so excited about this guest. I can't wait (laughs) for the other guests that we have on. Um, So I think that's all I really have. Michelle, thank you again. Thank Thank you you
2: for letting me talk your ear off. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thanks,
2: y'all. Tune in next time.